Hey everyone, producer Jeff here. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that during this show, Chris's recording device uh, had an error and he was not able to use his good microphone. So what you're going to hear is his audio from our Zoom call. So just wanted to let you know that that's kind of why the audio quality isn't up to our normal standards. But thanks for listening and on with the episode. If I had to put some things in the past to and don't let them distract you, but react if you have to. I'll react if I had to put some things in the past to and don't let them distract you, but react if you have to. React if you have to, yeah. Don't know the time, wait. Just wait and I'm, yeah. One of a kind, yeah. What's on your mind, yeah. What hard to find, yeah. What's up, guys? Uh, it's Pond Offs Anonymous, episode 19. We are we're, we're still punching through. We are not testing positive for COVID, for herpes, for gonorrhea. Well, I'll speak for myself. <laughs> I'm not testing positive for those things, um, but I'm not also testing for them. So, so. <laughs> Have you tested for COVID? Oh no, no, no! I don't. Yeah, I don't like those Q-tips. Um, oh, I can't imagine. That but, looks so uh, painful. Yeah, but we are we're having a a good conversation today. I I think I have a a, a great guest lined up for today, and it, some of you might say, you know, why why the fuck are you having a tax guy on? Uh, recovery mental health podcast and um i i will we'll get into that because i think there's a lot of things that that our guests can help us out with and um i i know him he's a personal friend i i've kind of grew up with with our with this gentleman and um and he's a uh, much better dresser than you and i jeff uh, yeah, for those of no. you that are watching on youtube or um facebook live shit uh, Mark Milton, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I uh, did dress up just for you, Chris. You look Jeff, good, so. man, and and Thanks. you got the kind of the gel going. Uh... Well, I had to gel it because I tried to cut my own hair last week, and uh, <laughs> if I don't if I don't gel it, literally, I mean, I have like a it's it's a it's a horrible look. It really is like Lloyd Christmas in the front, and then it's gotten really long, <laughs> gotten really long in the back. So I'm actually I'm growing a preemptive horseshoe. Because you can kind of tell I'm losing it on the top, so the goal is really to have you know kind of the Gallagher style horseshoe when it's all yeah. when it's all said and done. So yeah, crazy. Looking times. good, baby. Looking good. No. I uh, Actually, I just this is for you. I got a little blue note on the. Uh, this is Joseph A. Bank. They got custom liners. You can get a blues uh, liner put in your jacket. Oh, nice. How about so, that? Good to know. Um, I will. Uh, I might have to get my suit coats fitted uh, for that. Um, I cut my own hair actually on Saturday and, uh, you know, I, guys, I got one, one trimmer and it's really, I, I it's made for, um, South of the border, but so I, 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 I killed two birds with one stone with my uh, manscaper. I got, I got the one and I don't think I got any, any, never mind. Um, so, so Mark, we've been talking for, for a while now about about just having you on to bullshit mark and i um 
went to high school together. We went to we went to college together um, at the University of Illinois, ILL in the background there over your right shoulder, Mark. That's right. Um, one of us has a, a degree from Illinois and one of us doesn't. So I'll let you guys guess who that is. Um, I was, uh, I'm about, I'm about a semester short. I would say I, uh, I, I, I graduated myself. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Mark uh, went to U of I and, and I want to get to his background um, and I'll let him tell the story, but just to, to bring everyone on how, how we decided to kind of connect and, and, and have a message for our audience who are friends they're potentially addicts. They're friends and families of addicts, um, potential people struggling with mental health issues, um, friends and families of said people. There's, uh, I know that some professionals listen, and I don't mean like, you know, fucking professionals, you know, yuppies and shit. I'm talking about people that work professionally in the in the recovery game and in the in the mental health field. Um, people like that. So, so for that audience, when you and I were talking at a, I think we started talking about this at a golf tournament, Mark and I listened to the, uh, it's our guilty pleasure. We, there's a great radio show in the mornings here in St. Louis. I mean, it's laughter and it's fun and it's a good break from reality. A lot of times. So, and Mark and I both listen to it. Mark does a lot of work with them guys, um, promoting his, uh, his business and his, Mark, Mark is a tax lawyer. I'll let him uh, explain that, but we, we were in a golf tournament and we got to talk in about how Mark has seen, you know, big time tax problems for, for people and the using uh, for, for addicts. I know I was there. Um, it's the last thing we are going to spend our money on is our taxes when we're feeding an addiction. So, so those are the that's the kind of stuff we're going to talk about today, and and I think it'll be really helpful for those of you that are listening. I uh, I always learn something when I talk to Mark, um, especially about uh, finances and uh, and Mark also used used to work for the other side, the uh, the, the the IRS. So I'll let him explain that. So he he definitely uh, you know knows knows their game and, and is able to talk through that so so mark i'll shut i'll shut the fuck up here for a second i uh i ramble quite a bit and and why don't you give yourself a quick introduction or long however you long want to talk and and, and explain to our listeners um how you've gotten to where you're at now and, and what you're doing currently uh in your practice sure yeah so currently uh i have my own law firm uh, i'll be coming up on three years now since i hung out my own shingle and I dedicated the the law practice really to uh, helping troubled taxpayers. And as you and I have discussed, um, you know, addiction has its way of, of rearing its head in a number of ways um, that touch on, you know, financial and tax problems. And I've seen it in my practice, you know, um, when people get into IRS troubles, they're, they're usually um, one or more of a series of events that, that can lead to it. And, and, uh, I have I have seen where you know addiction, uh, uh, a loss of a loved one, you know, grief um, can put people in really a, sort of a paralyzed state. And like you said, um, dealing with their tax issues is really you know the last thing on their mind um, when they're going through those things. Maybe a divorce. I mean, it, it happens a lot where people go through a, a relationship breakup or, or you know, like I said, 
um, the death of a loved one, and and that can often lead to addiction and and dependence on, um, you know, a substance, and uh, and I've seen the the reverse of it where tax problems can lead to addiction. People, uh, for whatever yeah. reason, have found themselves, and I think it applies to any form of debt too. People um, who maybe are falling on hard financial times, which is certainly relevant right now, given everything that's going on with COVID, you know, 07, 08, had a lot of similarities in terms of economic downturn um, and people, you know, losing everything and losing their retirement, losing their savings, having to deplete those things in order just to survive. And, um, you know, I think you're seeing that now. And um, a couple other things related to addiction. I mean, you know, people uh, might dig into a, a retirement account, right, to feed a gambling habit or a drug habit. and those mm -hmm, con there's con there are consequences of that so people will then do that and then they may you know ultimately owe the irs and then maybe they realize they're going to owe the irs um because of that and they choose not to file a return right so they say well i'm just going to not file the return because if they if i don't file it they're not going to know that um that i that i owe money on that uh retirement distribution and over time you know it tends to snowball so they don't file one year and then they think the next year well shit i didn't file and I can, can I cuss on here? Sorry, I just said. I just, oh, <laughs> you're so, so, so they Thank don't you. file one year, and then the next year they're like, well, I didn't file you last year. Um, I probably shouldn't file this year because I didn't file last year. It's only going to like raise the, you know, uh -huh. raise a red flag. And then it snowballs. And I've dealt with clients who literally have gone 20 years without filing a tax return. Um, I have seen every kind of dependency, abuse, uh, addiction uh opioids alcohol gambling um i've kind of seen it all in a pretty short amount of time um you know practicing i've been practicing for 10 years as you said i started my career in washington dc so i graduated from st louis u law school and i landed a job with the uh the justice department as my brother likes to give me grief i was part of the obama administration i'm a staunch republican so that was sort of <laughs> ironic that i got hired uh, finally i got hired in 2010 as part of the Obama administration, although I was a non-political hire, I was just an entry-level uh, attorney for the DOJ tax division. And I have an accounting background. I went to U of I, as you said, got my accounting degree. But when I went to law school, I really wanted to become a trial lawyer. That was, I wanted to be, you know, Daniel Caffey, A Few Good Men. That was yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. like, I would, watch, I would watch that movie before the law school exams or whatever. And that's what I wanted to be. And I found out about this opportunity with the DOJ. Uh, tax division where the position you're a trial attorney but you're litigating tax disputes um, which you might think like my wife always jokes to people yeah you hear tax law you think it's really boring well when it comes to a dispute or a, a, something that makes its way to the justice department it's usually a pretty interesting set of facts so um, I applied for the job totally kind of on a whim and, and that was in summer of summer of uh fall of 2009 is when i was looking for a job i was getting ready to graduate in may fuck i was deep in it yeah and i had actually i was, worked as a summer associate for a firm in st louis and was really hopeful i would get a job offer there and at the end of the summer they basically said hey you know we'd love to hire you but we don't know what the fall is going to look like and uh you know normally they, they give you an offer after the summer and then you're set you know you go into your third year hoping you know thinking you've got a full-time job lined up right and so they basically said, well, you know, we'll let you know in the fall. So I applied for DOJ, ended up getting an interview, got hired. So I moved out there uh, to D.C. literally a week after I took the bar exam. It was in uh, August of 2010. 
and litigated tax cases for the IRS uh, throughout the country. Uh, Fucking went enemy. After, went after, we went after a lot of bad, uh, you know, fraudulent tax preparers, promoters, um, also handled run-of-the-mill uh, collection cases, so foreclosures, that sort of thing. Uh, if people, you know, into the line, into the line sort of thing, when people have sort of uh, exhausted their uh, administrative rights and, and the DOJ decides we're going to, try to foreclose on some property to, to pay the tax debt. So not, not a situation you want to be in as a taxpayer. Um, and certainly I dealt with all kinds of different people um, as, as defendants, if you will, and in, in, in those types of cases. And um, certainly addiction, I had seen it on a few occasions. I won't get into details, but definitely people, uh, it was clear that, that, that addiction had, had sort of contributed to their tax problems. And, and interestingly enough, it was, when I got there in 2010, so I worked there from 2010 through 2014, that was sort of, we were seeing the fallout of the 07, 08, 09, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, recession. right. So um, anyway, we ended up moving back to St. Louis in 14. I got to go, uh, got an opportunity to work with Hush Blackwell, which is a great firm, uh, national firm with, you know, offices in St. Louis. Uh, and I uh, joined a, the White Collar Group there, which was a great opportunity. They uh, we had the former U.S. Attorney Catherine Hanaway, who had ran for uh, ran for governor. Uh, Matthew Shelp, who uh, is, was a, is a partner there, who just recently got confirmed as a federal district court judge in St. Louis. And then the other partner I worked with was uh, Jeff Jensen, who's actually now the U.S. Attorney uh, in St. Louis. And so, um, you know, it was a great opportunity to work with those three. Obviously, a lot of uh, great experience that they have on the, in the white collar world. And they brought me in, I think mostly because of the tax experience, both civil and criminal, um, which is what I do now. So I help people really get back into compliance. That's what I try to emphasize to people that are scared and, and really unsure what to do. If it's been years since they filed, you know, there is a, there is a path forward. There is a way to, um, you know, catch up and get into compliance. And for the most part, that's really what the IRS wants. Um, you know, it is a crime not to file a tax return, um, especially if it's a willful attempt to try to evade tax. Um, but, you know, if there's not the willful intent and it's, you know, there's mitigating factors, the reality is there's really a very little chance that, that, that they're wanting to prosecute you for it. Um, unless you're Wesley Snipes or some celebrity where they can, <laughs> right. you know, go after because they want their criminal cases to really pack some punch and get some media attention. Um, and so for the most part, the IRS is interested in getting people back into the system, working out some sort of re resolution for back taxes, whether it be, you know, a payment plan, uh, offering compromise. And I feel like I'm rambling, but I can touch on some of the other things that I've I've seen with addiction and the way to use that to try to uh, reduce the amount that's owed. Um, if I could, I had a client who, um, you know, their, their child was, was addicted to opioids and, and there was a tremendous financial burden placed on the family as a result of that. And um, they, right. couldn't pay their, they couldn't pay their taxes because it was either pay for, you know, uh, uh, pay for, you know, uh, what do you call it? I guess treatment recovery. Treatment, yeah, yeah, to send them to a treatment facility or pay their taxes. Well, they they chose treatment, and uh, it was over the course of a number of years, and um, they had it was about a hundred thousand dollars in penalties, and um, yeah. we were successful in getting the IRS to abate all of those penalties um, based on the 
sickness. We we phrased it as a sickness of you know the 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 addiction and mental health issues because he also you know had some mental health issues. So um, the IRS has shown a, a willingness to you know be merciful uh, in those situations, um, even though it doesn't explicitly say, state in the uh, Internal Revenue Manual that that addiction is a illness or a sickness. Um, it seems though those arguments I have made have worked to uh, to get them to to give some relief. Good stuff, man, and I appreciate that. Um, real quick, I got two things that are gonna make Jeff fucking sh- lose his shit right now. One of first them, of all, how did I, how did I end up out of all the people I know from Belleville and St Clair County, historically Democrat with these Republicans? <laughs> that's how, that's, that's the got, first. That's why I got out, Jeff. I'm out. <laughs> I'm in St. Louis now, St. Louis County. St. Louis County, yeah, you have to make that distinction. <laughs> so that was the first thing I was going to say, is, is this is maybe the first time uh, that, that, I mean, that you've been outnumbered, Jeff. That's um, right. Mark fucking ran for office on a Republican ticket and should have won, but um, a cool thing, he had golf balls and everything and uh, and hats and Pretty cool deal that he did. Jeff, the second thing that's going to make you shit is that this fucking recording device that you have wired up my asshole is saying card full. Oh. So, <laughs> uh, sorry for the on-air technical difficulty, Mark, but I'm. can we just punch forward without it? Yeah, we're good. Okay, we'll just use right. the audio from this thing. Okay, great. Um, yeah. So, so no worries. <clears throat> um, I thought, yeah, you would see this fucking guy. Isn't he good? Mark, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't fall out of his chair for nothing, man. Great. And he's and he's pretty much heard it all with me on the other end <laughs> of his computer screen. So, Mark, um, you're pretty political. How do you feel about my uh, Young Turks mug here? What is that? I don't even know what that is. Me neither. Don't worry about it. Yeah, Young Turks. <laughs> I am pretty political. Well, so you know, I did run in '16. I, I like to refer to myself as a recovering politician. It was a great yeah. experience. Um, it was definitely eye opening. I mean, just. Getting your throwing your name in the ring is definitely uh, until you do it, you don't really understand or appreciate what the sacrifices that. And I know politicians don't make sympathetic people, but uh, it's a tremendous amount of sacrifice to not only run for office but also to serve. Because yeah, I've become very close with many of the legislators in Jefferson City um, as a result of my experience, and both Republicans and Democrats and. I mean, for the most part, they have good intentions and want to do what's right. And so um, it's unfortunate just how brutal social media can be and how nasty things have gotten politically. And that's one of the reasons I say recovering, because I don't really have an interest in getting back into that arena, um, given the current climate. It's just really unfortunate. And, uh, you know, I've also seen addiction. I mean, at, at the Capitol, I mean, it's. It's, you know, it's a hard life being a, a politician, um, you know, being away from your family for, for weeks, at, you know, days at a time, weeks at a time. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I just, I mean, I'm kind of getting on a soapbox here unrelated to our topic. No, I think but that's right. And that's good. And I think, I too, love like, on. no, I think that like on the local level, politically, people can work together a lot easier and then the national level it's div- divisive and it sucks but right it is what it is everyone's right concerned about not being you know getting primaried or not being extreme enough and um yeah. there's just not a lot of room in the middle which is ironic because on the net na- you know most elections you know nationally as far as the presidential and whatnot are often decided by the middle 
Um, <laughs> it seems like that's not always the case in the state and local elections, but right. just because of the way things are drawn, right? So, like, for me, exam- for example, I ran in a district that was historically Republican and had sort of shifted to be more Democrat. Um, it was a seat held by Rick Stream, who was a Republican, um, and then a Democrat won the open seat because he was term limited out. A Democrat won the open seat in 2014. She had run three times before against Rick and lost. So it was mm-hmm. sort of an interesting dynamic. Um, and I was a nobody. I had no name ID when I ran against her in 16. And um, Donald Trump did not have as much. I'm, I am a Trump supporter. You can hate me for that if you want. Um, I don't support everything he does and, and <laughs> says, but generally I, I support him. And Trump didn't really have coattails in Kirkwood, Glendale, Webster Groves, right. where I was running. So I take pride. I mean, I got 44%. He got, I think, 36% or something. It was pretty bad what he got in that district. Um, plus, you had Greitens running also, who was not very popular in those areas. Um, you know, the Gatling gun commercials. Yeah. Guns, are, gun, guns are not popular. Um, you know, my NRA membership did not help me in Kirkwood or... or Glendale and and uh, but you know it is what it is. I, I did well in Worson Woods. That's a Republican stronghold. So, uh, but it's just interesting because when you run for state rep, you literally have like all these different. It it kind of showcased the number of municipalities we had because I'm like I have six different municipalities that are in this district that I have to sort of know, understand, figure out like who you know the different who's the alderman, who's the mayor, who's you know because that's all sort of part of of running, right? You want to try to meet those people. And right. um, so it was definitely eye-opening and, um, you know, the fundraising too. I mean, having to go out and ask people for money and, you know, cause I'm not able to self-fund a campaign. So you have to, and somebody told me that early on, they said, if you can't raise the money to run, then you shouldn't run. Cause it's, you know, if, if people aren't willing to give you money to run, then unless you're just a, you know, super wealthy person, um, you know, it's, it's definitely kind of gives credence to your candidacy that people are willing to give you money to, to run because it's expensive. I mean, campaigns, it's just the part of the beast. So you got my vote, baby. Thanks. I, appreciate it. <laughs> I don't live there, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am from, it, it, yeah. I am from Belleville. So it is fascinating just to, to hear like what somebody, you know, who is a good person that, that runs like, you know, them, you know, a, a B, you know, that they're a good person and they run. And then, it's like you said, Jeff, the national politicians polarize it for, and the people locally they are just trying to fucking help their communities, right? I mean, and, and they work together much because I think that there's no media involved in the local politics yeah. too much. Um, well, that's and, why I, would, I personally would like to see nonpartisan elections. There's some, there's some push for that, nonpartisan elections on a local level, because, like, for example, in the city of St. Louis, like, you pretty much have to be a Democrat to win in the city of St. Louis. And there may be people who just want to have, you know, want to get involved, but don't necessarily want to align themselves with a political party. And as a result, they don't run. Whereas if you had nonpartisan elections where everyone is just sort of an open, open seat, you know, open, open deal, you might have some more qualified people getting into public office because they really do care. Um, yeah. And same on the county level too. Yeah. And the city of St. Louis is, uh, is the politics are, are, I mean, just not the, the, the way it's ran. I mean, it, they could use anything to improve. Um, like they should be more open to anybody's ideas. So I don't know. I don't want to start opining and pissing a bunch of fucking people off that can't handle it. But um, 
Uh, Mark, I I have some questions for you. Uh, thanks for the backstory. Thanks for you know. I think what you touched on was 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 great uh, as an overall summary. But I do have some questions for you as it relates to addiction. And and the first one, um, and just confirm from what I heard heard you say, is that and maybe it's because I've been there personally, and that's why I'm I'm like, deciphering your message that oftentimes we get behind in our taxes one year and then two years and then three years or whatever without filing. And we, we don't do it because we create we, in our mind, it's a way bigger problem than it, than it is when you, and I think that goes with a lot of things in life that when you, when you call Mark and you address this, um, it, it doesn't, it, it's, it, you're able to work it, you know what I mean? It's, it's overcomable. Um, yeah. it's not as big of a, of a, you're fucked, um, as you make it out to be before you even like look into it. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I heard you say towards the end, um, that, that people will work with you from the IRS. Even, um, people will work with you, especially if you have mitigating factors such as, I mean, when, when you tell people that you're suffering from an addiction or you were, People, everybody thinks there's this the stigma is so much bullshit, really, because most people are like, oh, really? It, let me help you. They're eager right. to help people. Absolutely. And also, like, everyone knows somebody, right? Everyone knows huh? someone that struggles. So Good point. There's, yes, every time I've had an issue, I mean, people understand that people struggle with alcohol. People lose jobs and fall into a state of depression. And maybe they rely on, you know, drugs to get them through it or they go through a divorce. I mean, you know, and that's a big thing is I think that uh, finances are a huge contributor to a lot of problems. Right. I mean, I think that finances, you know, they talk about marriages, right? Like that's the number one cause of uh, a marriage, you know, ending in divorce is, you know, financial trouble. Well, I'd be, you know, I think financial trouble also probably I don't know statistics, but I would imagine it creates a lot of addiction issues, right? Whether it be, you know, somebody who's addicted to gambling who, you know, is struggling financially, they think, oh, I'm just going to keep gambling and I'm going to eventually, you know, pull myself out of this hole or uh, I'm going to keep partying and, you know, my lifestyle is going to lead to some big connection or something that is going to turn things around for me and it just never really, you know, never really happens. And so uh, as far as like how do you start, I think that is, a huge relief for most people is when they like sort of, it's kind of like with addiction, admitting you need help, right? You got to admit you need help with your IRS issues or financial issues. And then everything sort of, I think most of my clients that have come to me do feel a sense of relief after talking. And I explain to them the process, like, Hey, I know it's been a number of years, but here's what we can do to get the information that you may think is ungettable, right? You might think like, right. I don't have any of my W2s. I don't have any of my 1099s. I'm just screwed. Like I don't, I don't, I threw everything out in a, in a, you know, drunken rage, drunken fit, like whatever. Well, what we can do is, you know, the IRS, they have wage and income transcripts as a starting point. So anytime you get a W2, a 1099, a, um, you know, that gets reported to the IRS, the, your bank or your retirement account. They send you a copy, but they also send it to the IRS. So they have what's called wage and income transcripts that you can request on your own. But me as a power of attorney, I can get copies of them. And it shows, hey, all right, let's look back at 2015, 2016. Here's what you had. You had some unemployment compensation. So you got a 1099G from the state. 
You took out 100 grand from your retirement account. There's a 1099R. Oh, but good news, you did withholdings on that. So this actually isn't as bad as what we, you might have thought because you, your, uh, you know, your Edward Jones or your Fidelity actually withheld tax on that distribution. So yeah, you're going to have to pay, you know, maybe a penalty on it. But the tax, the tax liability might not be as bad. Um, it'll show mortgage interest that you paid. It'll show, uh, you know, anything like I said that's on a third-party report. And so that can help us recreate. Um, your income and be able to prepare tax returns for you to get you back into the system. Um, there's also the ability, you know, if you, let's say you were self-employed, that's where it gets a little trickier. If you, you know, owned your own business or had a, you know, self-employment income. What, if, I, what if the person was a big Coke dealer? Well, <laughs> so if you're a Coke dealer, you are required to report your income um, and you're not allowed to, to claim deductions other than the cost of goods sold. Generally, that's the position the IRS takes. So if you're buying it from your supplier, you can generally deduct that, but you can't, you know, other overhead and things that, you know, the baggies or whatever you might need generally, <laughs> generally are not deductible. This is a real issue, actually, in the marijuana industry. So I've, right. I've become very interested in that industry because of the tax compliance issues, because there's something in the, in the Internal Revenue Code, it's called 280E, and it basically says that if you tra if you sell marijuana, even though it's legal by legalized by the states, you cannot deduct your ordinary business expenses. So a lot of these dispensaries, uh, cultivation licensees, you know, I you know, it, it's a real struggle to uh, comply with your IRS obligations because of the reporting issues. Because of what can I claim as deductions? And if I can't claim these deductions, is this business really viable? Right. Because, you know, you're basically going to have to pay tax on the full amount of your income. Um, mm -hmm. So it's an interesting issue, but oh, going to get inside track there. But yes, I mean, theoretically, <laughs> well, you Jeff, are supposed Jeff's to, taking notes. Jeff's you, are taking, supposed, yeah. you are supposed to report income even from illegal sources. And that's what got Al Capone. Right. That's how he mm -hmm. got popped was they were able to show he was living a lifestyle beyond what he was reporting to the IRS. And so they got him on tax evasion. Yeah. You know. Um, that, that I just, it, it's crazy that when people think that, that you're so far behind and it's not an issue or, or that it's so big of an issue, you just keep avoiding or keep, I mean, I know people that for me, even when I had financial, I would just sit at the bar and drink it and it doesn't go away. I mean, you, when you're using, it's just going to wait, it's just going to wait for you and compound. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you, Mark, about about what you do and, and talk about your company now a little bit. It's STL Tax Lawyer. Um, and if you can explain, are you are you uh, geographically like pigeonholed to St. Louis or, or how does that work? Yeah, so I, you know, I started my own firm in September of 17, uh, decided, you know, like I said, I really, I was enjoying the big law, but I just got to a point where I really wanted to focus on helping individuals. And I just thought it was more suited for a smaller practice. So I hung out my own shingle. Um, I am based in St. Louis, but I have clients really all over the country um, that I handle federal tax matters for. And so, you know, my, my, I have clients in Florida, California, um, really all over. And, um, you know, we can do a lot remotely. It's not, you know, if somebody, if one of your listeners is, you know, out of state or wherever they mm -hmm. may be, um, 
certainly, you know, if they're interested in getting tax help, I could, I could certainly help them. And if they want somebody local, I could probably find somebody local because that's one of the things that I've really prided myself in is the ability versus these 1-800 Optima tax reliefs and some of these other groups out there that are really faceless. Um, you know, you call, you, you can complete a questionnaire online, but like, I think there's, and maybe some people like the anonymity. I've also seen that where people, they rely on those groups and I've seen addicts rely on those, you know, recovering addicts rely on those groups and really get nowhere. And they do it sort of because they're embarrassed to talk to, to ask a friend, Hey, do you know anybody, do you know any tax people here locally that might be able to help? They're just even embarrassed to say that. So that's why those ads work. They, that's why they run them at 11 o'clock at night and, and, you know, all day, every day on the radio, because people with tax problems, it's literally like it haunts them. I've seen it where, you know, when they talk about their problems, it's, you know, it's, it really does sort of paralyze them with fear and, and inaction. So um, I like having a local office where people can come meet with me in person to do a consultation. And we talk, you know, talk about their case, talk about their history. And then I lay out, obviously I don't work for free. So I do talk about fees and that can be, yeah. you know, something that might prevent somebody from, from getting their problem solved. And, you know, I try to work with people as best I can, but ultimately, you know, I tell people when they question a fee or say, Hey, I, I can't afford that. I don't have inventory. I don't have, I don't have anything on my shelves that I can sell. All I have is my time. And that's the case for any lawyer or professional account that you're going to try to get to solve your problem. So it will cost you money. Um, the amount depends sort of on the severity of it. Um, I try to do flat fees when possible, but generally it's an hourly rate. And I like to um, give them an idea up front. Like, hey, this is probably going to cost X amount of dollars. And, um, you know, it, it's, this is going to involve quite a bit of time and effort to mm -hmm. get your information together. And then you've got the collection phase, which is how do we, now that we get you compliant on the filing side, now we know what you really owe. How do we resolve it? And there are a number of options there in terms of payment plans, um, offers and compromise. That's what you see on, you know, TV. Oh, I settled my IRS debt for a thousand dollars. I owed the IRS a hundred grand and I settled it for a thousand or whatever. Those are that's they're referring to the offer and compromise process, which um frankly is a the best time to do that is when you're kind of down on your luck. You know, if you're out of yeah. work or your assets have been depleted, that's really the best time to try to pursue one of those programs because they look at your financials and they say, what's our realistic collection potential? Um, should we accept a lower amount to just wipe the slate clean? And they will do that on occasion. Mm -hmm. Well, that, and, and which also shows that the problem's not as big as it is, as, as it is in our head mm -hmm. that um, <laughs> like, you're not going to, they're not going to just come lock you up and, and take you to jail. Um, right. Couple, you know, questions that I have, uh, and I'll hold off on the two parters. Sure. <laughs> um, Mark often gets asked two part questions on the radio show we listen to. He does some sponsorship <laughs> work on there, and one of them's about tax, and then one of them's usually sexual in nature. So uh, <laughs> the people that listen to this radio program are are, are super mature and uh, full of professionals. So. Uh, <laughs> um, in fact, I, uh, I text in quite often and, have um, uh, been referred to as, as one of the, one of the more vile texters, um, incredibly, incredi incredibly vile, incredibly vile. And they Not say that Chris. And one of the co-hosts, uh, will awfully, uh, you know, 
my my text handle name I, I don't know if i'm gonna give it out on this show but it has something to do with being a recovering alcoholic i think it kind of just did and and one of the i think everybody said, knows i think the cat's out of the bag at this you point think so? i don't think you're i don't think you're fooling anybody with that that's great you know um uh, if 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 I'm sure ashley's if, i'm sure ashley's very proud uh-huh. just to say that <laughs> mark does our text uh returns and 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 Mark doesn't, he's not, he charges us when he charges everybody else. And he, I used to just go to H&R Block and what a joke that was compared to what he's been able to do to maximize any type of returns and donations and things like that for now Ashley and I, but um, hmm. even before that. So, so what about the guys, Mark, that haven't filed, but, uh, you know, we've talked about this and, and, and this when I think about the guys that maybe working under the table uh, jobs, they're, they're out there. I, I know a lot of people that, that that are because things have led them to type of work that maybe, um, you know, off the books cash business or even, I mean, I'm not this, everybody takes a joke, but like fucking strippers. I mean, they're, they have to file. It's just you know, and I'm not comparing them to you know, servers. Servers, right? They, they sure. have to compare and sure. And, and can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, most uh, again, I could never tell somebody like, hey, you know, the, the advice would be you you got to report everything. But from a practical standpoint, um, you know, the IRS generally goes back six years, and, and one of the reasons for that is if they were to audit you. Uh, you know, they look at your bank records. That's, I mean, that's where they start. So they they will pull your bank records and they'll do what's called a bank deposit analysis. So they'll look at your bank statements and they'll basically say any money going into your bank account is income unless you prove otherwise, right? So maybe grandma gives you the $100 birthday check and uh, on your birthday. So we can look at the bank statements and check that off. Say, hey, IRS agent, that's, that's Grammy's uh, birthday check. That's not income. And so like, Literally, that's what will happen during an audit for somebody who maybe hasn't filed or um, may have some other self-employment income that's not being being reported on a W-2 or a 1099. Um, and I understand that people who may be struggling with addiction, if they have that line of work, you know, my advice is always going to be, we got to report everything, you know, if we're going to file your tax returns. And so, you know, basically that's where we would start. It'd be like, hey, we got to look at your bank records and try to look at the money you're depositing into your account and basically prepare the return, assuming it's going to be audited, even though the chances of it are not, you know, I do that's, that's how I approach it as a professional, because, you know, if I'm going to sign a tax return, I want to be comfortable with the information on there. Um, that's being accurately reported in the case of, you know, adult, you know, female dancer, whatever you want to call it, uh, entertainers. I mean, they, they, I believe still get yeah. 1099. I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Exactly how I believe they're treated as independent contractors by some. I know there's been some litigation over that, whether they should be employees or independent contractors. Independent, yeah, they're independent contractors. Or maybe unionized. They are. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But my understanding is they can pass the independent contractor test because they are free to come and go as they please. They bring their own tools <laughs> or Never. you know tools of the trade, if you will. <laughs> their own. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to get into that, but. Generally speaking, <laughs> they may have 1099s. And that's where people get into trouble is when you do have 1099s, you don't file, 
the IRS can come along and do what's called a substitute for return. So they can take your all your 1099 reporting and just slap you with the tax bill. And then what happened, that's often how people will start to bury their head in the sand because they say, oh, shit, I owe, you know, 20 grand for this tax year. Um, but there are ways to then go back if they do, if the IRS does that, they will do what's called a substitute for a return reconsideration where you say, Hey, look, no, this person had, for example, an adult, uh, entertainer. Hey, they, yeah, they had this 1099 income, but, uh, you know, they also had all these, uh, props they had to purchase and things for, uh, for, for their job. I believe there's actually a case out there where, uh, a tax court approved of, uh, uh, what's well, so you know breast implants? Breast implants. Oh, I thought as you were a, say... as, a, as a as a necessary business expense. For, Absolutely. Uh, I don't know all the details <laughs> offhand, but I believe, I didn't expect that to come up today. But I believe there is case law that's favorable to that as a as a write off. So. I'm not a. Uh, I mean, I I'm not a gigantic titty guy. But I shouldn't. Stop, but <laughs> I you know I um but I understand that that's a big market out there that are really uh. You know, the big titty guys. I, 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 under, I understand that's a big market. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so, very... <laughs> Mark, we've we've talked about it and um before on um uh and you deflect all you want, but there was uh there, there was conversations I've heard with uh potential, you know, adult film stars and, and tax and problems and issues. Uh yeah, well I think it's a same similar deal, right? If they're getting paid as ten ninety nines, um Is this you know, Christian? I, this Christian radio this or <laughs> Well, as you know, Lisa Ann came to St. Louis, she's an adult film star. She talked about I love know, her. other others in the industry that have had big time tax issues and um there's been some prosecutions over the years for people not, not filing and paying people in the adult industry. Um so again it it, it is a you know, people who are not having taxes withheld 1099 people are generally the ones who, you know, they get to the end of the year and they realize, oh, crap, I didn't make any estimated payments, so I can't afford to pay what I owe, so I'm just going to not file or I'm going to file it and just worry about paying it later and later never comes and it snowballs, so. Could you imagine uh, writing off your dildo as a, as a necessary, you know, a, a business expense? Not anyway. You maybe yeah. have to. You might have to apportion it business use, personal use percentage, and deduct all right. the business use. <laughs> yep. So. You know. So Jeff, uh, are you familiar with Lisa Ann's work? Um, not her work. I'm a big Stern guy. I love Howard okay. Stern. So she used to play on the uh, fantasy football league with the staff. Yeah. And she's yeah, on she, Barstool a lot too. Yeah. So she she used to come on that. Uh, she comes on our radio program and was at that golf tournament that um it's hosted by tim mckernan and and it's been around for 15 16 something years it's it's a great show i i look up to to his work um more way more than he knows uh probably where you know he's probably going to get a restraining order on me at some point but no he's a great <laughs> it's a great guy he's, he has a podcast and he's um he's uh always available for for questions for me if i have some so yeah but his um he had so there's yeah so he, she's done radio work but she comes on during football season and, and she the two parters go to her right so then when after her segment like mark would come on and he'd also get two parters and it, <laughs> the two parters for her would be a uh football question for sunday and then um you can uh, imagine the other 
questions that uh, those vile texters would send in. Right, Mark? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty intense. Now, if Is you guys this on wanna, regular radio? Yeah, so it's, it's, you guys want to listen? It's on five ninety um, from seven oh, to ten a.m. Gotcha. every morning. It's a yeah, it's a great show, and it's not uh, like a jock talk sports. Well, it's, <laughs> a little bit. It's a lot of jock talk, but not sports. All sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that 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 I believe Lisa Ann played uh, played a role played a Sarah Palin um, in one of her films called Nail and Palin. Uh, back when that was uh, when she was more popular, but she's uh, the original MILF, wasn't she? Yeah. All right, the original <laughs> MILF, yeah. So, anyway, that's not Christian. Let us pray, amen. Yeah. And um, hopefully, I don't lose my bar license from being on this program. Yeah, no, nobody that fucking important is listening, Mark. <laughs> we have about four <laughs> listeners, and one of them's my wife, and one of them's my mother. So, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna steer my mother clear of this. I try to, but she still she still tunes in and and then texts me uh, how bad my language is and all that shit. You know, I've heard it 36 years. So don't uh, sell yourself short. Yeah, I mean, I listen. You guys are doing amazing things. I know that. I know that you guys. I mean, I've just seen it. I've seen it on social media. I know you guys are are making a difference. So well, I appreciate uh, I'm that. I'm really Mark. proud of you. We're trying, and um, and uh, it's we have reached reached some people, Jeff. Jeff's very open about his anxiety and, and depression struggles that he has, and it's connected with a fuckload of people, man. And uh, we're both kind of getting messages all the time. Um, and like I said on the last episode, it's not just, hey, you guys are doing great work. It's, hey, I struggle with this too. I might try what you said. When that That's the shit that gets me off, man. And when somebody's yeah. like, you, I related to what you said on episode bl- blank, and I'm going to go try this. So recently, right. somebody reached out to Jeff and said, "Hey, I'm going to call my doctor." Fucking yep. amen, man. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you too. I mean, in in my industry, and I've struggled. I mean, with alcohol and and you know, the lawyer profet legal profession is it's brutal. I mean, it's extremely stressful. Uh, there's a tremendous amount of anxiety from a lot of people in this industry, and um, there's a lot of alcohol abuse uh, and drug abuse, frankly, in the legal industry. I know that bar associations cutting out on my end. I don't know if it's uh, yeah, it's cutting out here too. Oh shoot! Are you Those. there now? Yep. Better. It says AirPods. Bear with us, audience. We have uh, not professional technical team. <laughs> yeah, if we need to pause here, we can. Should we pause? There no, you are. You're back. Oh, I'm back. I don't know what happened. Hey, hey, hey baby. No, I I don't know where I left off, but I was well, just saying. Go ahead. You no, know, you were saying. I I it hit me when you were talking about Hush Blackwell, and I just know. And, and like and lawyers and stuff, you always see like on the movies they're d- drinking fucking scotch and whiskey. Um, and what's not talked about is, you know, you talk about it in Wall Street. Like, I mean, that's a fucking cocaine haven. And um, it, it, there's a lot of stress like during tax season and stuff. And I can see where um, where there's yeah, I mean, alcohol abuse, alcohol. Fuck the guy, the head coach for Mighty Ducks. He was a lawyer and got a bunch of DUIs of drinking too much. Gordon, Gordon, Bom- Gordon Bombay. Nice. Yeah. Well, actually, so it was. It's interesting because I don't think he would mind me sharing it because he shared it with uh, he shared it with the media. But the the uh, the chair, the current chair of Hush Blackwell, uh, is a recovering alcoholic, and he he was very open. There was uh, some stories done by national bar magazines talking about how incredible it is to have someone at an AM top one hundred law firm talk about their struggle with addiction. And how Huge. He, he, Huge. he talked about it at a recent firm retreat and he had so many people come up to him and share their own stories. But not only that, like to show that like he's overcome it and he's recovering 
and he's been sober, I think, for 25 plus years. And he's now at the top of an AM top 100 law firm, which means the top 100 law firm in the country size wise. Um, so it's pretty remarkable. And he was incredibly open about how, you know, it was, yeah, it was the cool thing to do, right? It was like he was the hard charging attorney who, yeah. could, you know, work hard, play hard mentality. And meanwhile, his family was crumbling and he was, you know, his relationship with his, you know, ended up in divorce with his wife and his relationship with his kids suffered. And, it's a real problem in the the legal industry in particular. I've seen it, you know, firsthand with with folks. Um, and so, yeah, I think you guys are reaching more people than you than you know um, with your stuff. Well, I appreciate that. That's a great. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you shared that too because it gives our listeners a lot of hope, man. And um, that the impossible is is certainly possible. And uh, that's kind of the mission of of the pod. Um, hey, Mark, before we let you go, I, I do want to talk a little bit about about uh and, and i don't know if, when, when you're gonna start fucking hitting that counter that, that where you're gonna bill me um you know <laughs> for his hourly rate as my as my uh, legal counsel but can you can you talk to our listeners a little bit about about covid and about uh the stimulus checks sure. if, if i think that's important because i was even talking to my wife who's um who's a social worker and has a lot of clients that um that are, you know, struggling with mental illness and, and parallel addictions. Right. So she's, we were talking before I told her you were coming on and she was like, I, she goes, she's hearing that just because you didn't file a tax return doesn't mean necessarily you're not going to get a stimulus help. Can you clarify that? That's true. So if you didn't file 18 or 19, my understanding is, and the IRS is, uh, as of yesterday, I haven't checked it today, but they they were supposed to put up a website where you could go put in your information and uh, that was going to generate eligibility for the stimulus. Now, what I would say is the best thing to do if you haven't filed 18 or 19 is file one of them as soon as possible. I actually had a client who hadn't filed in a bunch of years and I said, look, we've got your 18 information. I know that this is, you know, in, is it is a solid return. Let's go ahead and file this one. We can deal with the other years later so that they could get their stimulus payment. Um, and so my advice would be go ahead and get your 18 or 19 filed as soon as possible. Um, and also know that if you are eligible come 2020, you will be able to get this money eventually, but obviously that's not very comforting to somebody who's really struggling right now. Um, and it remains to be seen what sort of other, uh, benefits will be available to people who are really struggling. Um, you know, there's unemployment obviously for people who've lost a job, but, um, you know, this is going to be, I think this is going to be a really long recovery for economy. Um, if whenever we do, you know, reopen as a nation, I think it's going to look dramatically different in terms of our economy and the way people do business and operate. I mean, you look at sports, you know, even if, uh, even if you have games, they're talking about, you know, playing in stadiums without, without fans and how's that going to impact all the restaurants and bars that feed off of people going to games before and after. So, um, I really worry about the lower income folks, the the people in the service industry, um, the hotels. I mean, it's it's. I mean, think about business travel. I mean, business travel is just grinded to a complete halt, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I attend conferences. I do uh, things. You know, I go to D.C. once a year for a conference. Like you know, and, and those things are all just stopped, and so that has a huge domino effect. Um, but as far as the COVID, hopefully just I, I would just urge the people to continue to monitor the IRS website. Um, if you type in irs.gov backslash, I believe it's stimulus payments, they, they do have a link there where you can 
try to input your information. Um, hopefully you get it sooner rather than later. I know they're going to mail checks if you don't have direct deposit info. But one of the issues there is they would mail it to your last known address. And right. So that's why it's important to try to get in on that system and then put your current information so the check goes to you. That's very important because um, I know people that are that you know people that are struggling with addiction and have lost a lot. They they float. I mean, they fucking couch surf is a way to put it. And um, look, and that's you know, a challenge too from a tax standpoint because they may not even know all these notices went to them because they haven't filed in six years. They've moved around. The IRS is only required to send notice to your last known address, which is basically the address on your last filed return. So it, it definitely uh, I've seen that it be, you know definitely become an issue for people. Okay. Um, no, that's good stuff because I know a lot of people are probably like, well, I didn't file a tax return in 2018 or 2019. And maybe they're the ones that, you know, working for, you know, cash and they're like, well, I'm fucked out of this. So you're saying that they're not necessarily fucked out of this. I'd say that's right. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, no, that's important, man. Um, it's really important because, uh, I know in it, I would. I don't want to say majority of numbers because I, I really don't have that type of data. But I know a lot of people that um, that that just that go to work, whatever work, whatever whoever will pay them. You know, it's doing some. You know, if it's fucking if it's lawn care work um, for cash, and I guarantee you they're not filing tax returns or reporting it, and they think when they, because they're struggling, right? So, and, and they, every dollar, you know counts and so the last thing they're doing is file a tax return and they don't know how to and now they're seeing all over the news that these stimulus checks are going out well they're almost the people that need the fucking help um and to hear that 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 they're not completely just fucked because they haven't filed a tax return is great news in my opinion uh for you know and and people are going to get mad although some people don't deserve it i you know right now everybody's fucking hurting well, one thing the IRS did, which I thought was a nice gesture, or at least Congress did, is they said, hey, even if you owe the IRS money, normally, like if you, let's say you owe the IRS money and you got a refund for 19, they would apply that refund to your debt. Mm-hmm. They actually said that these stimulus payments cannot be offset against your IRS debt. So even if you owe a bunch of money to the IRS, which yeah, it might upset people because it's like, well, you owe the government and then the government's, it's kind of weird that they would, uh, you know, still pay you the money, but they are doing that. And I don't know, like, if you haven't filed in a bunch of years, all I can say is make sure you stay on top of that that site and try to get your info. I can't guarantee that you, you know that you will get it, and I don't know what the questionnaire is going to look like because that also presents some issues that I wondered about in terms of like, do you have to say in there I made X amount of money in whatever year, and then you're kind of telling the government that you made income and didn't report it on a tax return? So my you know IRS tentacles fears went up a little bit like mm-hmm. how could this information be used against you right if you're saying something on a form that could be used later to say hey you admitted right here that you made 60 grand last year under the table you didn't file a tax return so yeah what gives? well so it is a little concerning but well and uh, my advice is a a guy that's that's recovered and attempted to get his finances uh rebuilt after after you know fucking drinking a lot of them away and sticking a lot of them up my nose and in fucking tavern slot machines. Um, they're the, the hiding from it, use this, get the stimulus and, and then next 
in a couple months next year, start making the phone calls to the guy, the guy like Mark and, and address this shit. And it's not as bad as you think it is. And you end up becoming compliant and then you end up getting refunds probably um, at some point, if you know how the, how, depending on the tax code or, or whatnot. I mean, if, if Jeff had it his way, we'd all be paying about 95% taxes uh, on our income. I'm just well, and, I, and I also tell people too, I if, if, that if people, there. there are also available most, most major cities have uh, low income tax taxpayer clinics where they do what I do for low income people for free. Um, yeah. Wash U actually has one. I speak, I go speak to their class every semester. Um, I help them if they have questions. I do that on a pro bono basis. If, They've got a lot of people that earn income tax credit is a real, uh, it gets audited a lot. And so a lot of low income taxpayers have trouble responding to IRS notices. And so they do a lot of great work, um, not only at WashU, but I know there are other clinics around the country that do that sort of work. So if you are struggling and you think I can't afford to pay, you know, a guy like me or, or somebody else to help, definitely, you know, consider looking at um, what's available in your local community because there are people that, that, that provide that kind of help for free. So, well, and that's important. I appreciate that's super transparent and, and work. Mark's not coming on the show to say, Hey, sign up with me. Um, he's coming on to help. And yeah, if you need, if you need tax representation, someone to help you, he's there for you. But, um, it, it, Mark in our show notes, I'm going to include the IRS website. Uh, I'll include your website, um, sceltaxlawyer.com. And and we'll we'll put it out to our our audience and, and also for those of you that listen and if you if you have any questions if something's popped up by listening to this conversation, email me at cpondoff at pondoffsanonymous dot com, um and and, and Mark I, I I can forward you any questions people have and I um or they can know, email me directly too I mean there, I can't, yeah, I, yeah. Can't, I I've got my email address on my website stltaxlawyer dot com I can't guarantee I'll answer it you know depending on what it is I mean there's just certain things that I will and won't answer without a formal engagement in place, but certainly it's a good step to reach out. Sure. I'm certainly willing to have a conversation. Absolutely. And um, at least, in, and like Mark said, if it's something that, you know, that right now you just can't, you can't afford a fucking banana. Um, I get it. I get it. There's, there's people like Wash U that he works with that, that can you just have the conversation because the more we talk about this shit, the, the we start that, that monster on the bed starts, we start realizing that it's bullshit. And, um, and it really helps, man. And and Mark, I couldn't thank you enough for for coming on the show. And look forward to having you again on sometime soon. Um, I'll talk about some other stuff. And then, uh, we're, you're my go-to guy. So I, I appreciate your willingness to come on and and all that you do. And um, and you guys doing okay, staying safe uh, at home. You're we're you're fortunate. Lovely. Yeah, we're we're very fortunate. My wife, uh, she works from home anyway, and. Uh, fingers crossed her job seems to be fairly stable through this. Um, she works with law schools. She's an attorney also. So we got two lawyers that, you know, our, our, <laughs> argument, our arguments, our arguments are great. A lot of yeah. arguing. That's... Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Um, so, so she, uh, she works with law schools. So she sells uh, legal research products um, to law students. So it's kind of crazy right now because the law schools are all trying to do things remotely. They're having finals, you know, coming up. I mean, it's sort of, crazy but uh we we have two two youngsters at home and um yeah it's it's been a lot of family time but actually i i, I keep saying like it's pretty i wish we had more that we could go do together you know right. just not a lot of good outlets but we've gotten a lot done around the house home improvement projects and things mm-hmm. like that so um, you, now we're hanging in there you're missing that texas roadhouse 
I'm not. We got the family pack last week. They well, got oh, nice. $19.99. Yeah, I'll give a plug for my old employer. I used to be a Texas Roadhouse server in Champaign. So nice. my name tag, my name tag said big country on it. That was my, <laughs> that was my name tag. So well, now they've yeah. got some, their carryout operation is incredible. It's in the peanuts home too, or what? You know, I think they would. I forgot to. Ask. My kid, my four year old, loves loves Texas Roadhouse, and uh, yeah, they didn't. I didn't get. They got the rolls. We got the rolls and the butter. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh that place is it, they, they they do have a good ribeye. Um, and I you know that's why Mark has a degree. Maybe I don't. He was working at Texas Roadhouse, and I was stringing out his fucking frat boys on. <laughs> On cut, 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 heavily cut cocaine with baby. I have no, I have no knowledge of any of that. Just for the record. Um. Yeah. And then I, I remember. I guess it was old seven. Grandpa died. It was super close to you know land went away for me. But I um I got heavier into uh into the the coke addiction and then uh, got a girl pregnant. So uh, there was a lot of uh, details and I probably shouldn't even mention that um that I'll leave out. And uh, I bolted champagne for some. The complications from all that shit. So, uh, ILL. Anyway, <laughs> I have said too much. Um, Mark, thanks again. Uh, fuck, I'm craving a ribeye now, man. And those words. I know, my mouth's watering. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready I, and, and it's, getting, it's close to lunch. And, and uh, I, I really appreciate this conversation. I, I think our listeners will too. I know they will. I hope and, it helps. Um, yeah, I hope, I hope it helps some people. Even if just one person hears this and says, all right, you know, that could maybe help start a piece of the road to recovery because I do think it is kind of a piece of the ball, like, you know, of maybe people just being overwhelmed and not knowing where to start. So hope it helps. Thank you guys for all you're doing. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. And and I I want to tell you guys uh, as we're closing here that while we have some idle time on our hands uh, and, and, and we're struggling, if we're new into recovery or are still using and, this is something you can do now. You can look these websites up on your phone. You, you if you have a your computer, look them up. Uh, reach out. This is a form of reaching out. It's a form of uh, crossing something off your task list. I, I Jeff and I have talked before. Um, I, I make I got lists coming on my ass. Uh, task list, to do list, you know, short term list, mid term list, long term list, dick list, you know, titty list. I got all kinds of fucking lists. And this is something you can cross off. This is something you can start addressing today. You have the time on your hands. It sounds like there might be some money coming your way. Um, and and my prayer for you is that you don't, uh, you know, stick in your veins or shoot it up, you know, snort it up your nose. But, but there is hope and um, nobody can take that from you. So, so look us up. We'll include all the links in the show notes. Uh, Mark Milton from STL Tax Lawyer. Um, so we'll get that stuff dispersed to you guys. And and, and in the meantime, we're praying for you. Uh, continue to reach out and have conversations about all the things in your life that, that, that you can tackle. You have the idle time, and those are constructive things you can do. So um, we're here for you. Um, and thanks, guys, so much for, for listening. If you need anything, reach out. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Jeff. Well, let us pray. If you're struggling or know someone that is, please, please have them check out our podcast and reach out to Chris or me. We want to listen and we're super eager to help. Pondoff's Anonymous is Chris Pondoff and produced by me, Jeff Allen. 
Our music is Antihero by McCall and Gentle Waters by Wild Wonder. For more information, visit pondosanonymous.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. 